that was probably, given the conditions and everything, that was probably the toughest one I've had to hit. Um, but I, I don't know. I don't think I can rank it quite yet. It was the toughest field goal of Jake Elliott's career, and it was certainly the toughest game that the Eagles have faced this season. But that Jake Elliott kick sent the game into overtime, and after the Bills drew first blood in overtime, the Eagles' offense drove down the field, and Jalen Hurts walked it off for the win. So now the Eagles are 10-1 atop the NFC and in control of their own destiny. Welcome to the Bird's Nest Podcast. I'm Joe Donahue. Thank you so much for joining us. The Eagles went into overtime against the Buffalo Bills for the second time this season. The Eagles have been in overtime. And for the second time this season, the Eagles pulled out the victory in overtime, coming out on top over the Buffalo Bills. The Eagles rise to 10-1 and and become just the fourth team to do so in consecutive seasons joining the 1941-42 Chicago Bears, the 0506 Indianapolis Colts, and the 1972-73 Miami Dolphins, all of whom started at least 10 or 1 or better in consecutive seasons. Now, while the Eagles did pull out the overtime victory by a final score of 37-31, to it was a scary game for Eagles fans, and it started before the game with Lane Johnson waking up with groin soreness. He was downgraded to questionable Sunday afternoon before he was finally ruled out just before the game after some pregame warm-ups revealed that he wasn't really set to go. Now, the Eagles went into this game 13-22 and when they started the game without Lane Johnson starting at right tackle, but Nick Sirianni talked post-game about the decision to put Lane Johnson on the bench for this game. Yeah, this, or, you know, this morning, uh, obviously, we found out about that, uh, you know, and then Brian and I were in here, did some different things with the, the game plan, uh, you know, to account for that, um, you know, because obviously... Lane's one of the best players in the NFL. There's there's no doubt in my mind that Lane Johnson is one of the best players in the world. Um, and so, you know, we have a ton of confidence in Jack Driscoll. And Jack Driscoll, I haven't seen the tape, but I have a feeling that he played an outstanding game because of just the way the game was going and the and the rush and all those different things. Um but when you lose Lane Lane, John, Lane Johnson's special, right? He's a different. Um uh, and um, and so, yeah, we, we found out early this morning we were, and, uh, you know, Lane wanted to play and wanted to, to go, you know, tough it out. Uh, just didn't, you know, didn't feel like he could in that, in that sense. And, and I know that hurt Lane that he wanted to play badly in this game. Um, but um, guys stepped up in, their, in, in his absence. So what that meant was Jack Driscoll started at right tackle and it did not start well for the Eagles. The Eagles started with a three and out that had Bills defensive end Leonard Floyd, who spent most of the game lined up on that right side of the offensive line, getting all kinds of pressure on Jalen Hurts from the right side of the line and featured three throwaway passes. So it was not a great start. It did not bode well for the Eagles. But the whole game actually instilled a little bit of deja vu with this Philadelphia Eagles team. The Eagles actually went into halftime down 17-7, to which was exactly how they started the game against the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, fortunately, the Eagles' offensive line did hold up a little bit better throughout the rest of the game. Jalen Hurst was only sacked twice during the course of the game, and he was only sacked once in the first half. But 
it seemed like the rest of the offense just simply wasn't clicking. The whole first half for the Eagles was concerning. It was filled with questionable play calling. The Eagles maybe got away from the run a little bit too quickly. Jalen Hurts threw the ball 11 times off the Eagles' 26 plays in the first half, and of those 11 times, Jalen Hurts completed four of them. And while the Eagles did run the football 14 times during the first half, more than a handful of them were Jalen Hurts actually scrambling. Jalen Hurts ran the ball quite a bit during that first half, and not all of them were designed quarterback runs. During that first half, Jalen Hurts ran the ball seven times for 22 yards, and listen, Jalen Hurts being a great runner is a huge asset, but there's a concern when your leading runner going into halftime is Jalen Hurts. Kenny Gainwell had two runs for 26 yards in the first half. DeAndre Swift had three runs for seven yards, and Boston Scott had two runs for 14 yards. So at the end of the first half, the Eagles had just 99 yards of offense compared to the Bills' 276 yards. Now, the Eagles did get more rushing yards on the ground. They had 69 rushing yards in the first half compared to 30 passing, but Hurts' 36% completion rate and 7.0 passer rating were not great stats to see at halftime. Now, for the Bills, 209 of their yards came through the air, but the Eagles did allow 67 rushing yards in the first half alone. Additionally, Jalen Hurts did have an interception. It came off of a deflected ball at the line of scrimmage, so it's not really so much a Jalen Hurts interception as it is a really, really good heads-up play by the defense, but Hurts could have done a better job of placing the football. Now, most of the pressure from the Bills, again, came from the right side of the line, and it made sense because of Jack Driscoll starting. Nick Sirianni talked post-game about making sure that Driscoll got some help. You know, we obviously did a lot of our, our plan looking how we were going to help him, what we could do, and, you know, starting off a little bit early in the game to, to do some of that th those things. But then he settled in, and, and he played a really good game. And so we felt like as the game grew on, we felt like, you know, and that was our plan and, and see how the game was going and see if we have to continue there. And uh, as the game grew on, we, we continued to gain more and more confidence in Jack's ability to to stop this rush. And he, I thought, again, I, it's hard for me to say exactly how I, I that he played without watching the tape, but it seemed like he played a really good game. And um, again, big contribution by Jack Driscoll. Now, the Eagles did have opportunities through the first half, but those opportunities were mostly squandered, and it led to a very lopsided first half in favor of the Buffalo Bills. The Buffalo Bills ran almost double the number of plays that the Eagles did. The Bills ran 48 plays in the first half compared to the Eagles' 26. And the Bills in the first half were not only able to force an interception, they also were able to recover a fumble off of a miscommunication that occurred when Jalen Hurts tried to hand the football off to Kenny Gainwell, but it didn't actually happen, and Kenny Gainwell dropped the football. These two turnovers wouldn't necessarily decide the game, but it would be critical into how the game ended, because if the Eagles are able to drive on those two particular drives, get down the field, maybe score a little bit, I think we're having a different conversation, and there's not a need to go to overtime, because the Eagles were able to go down the field and were able to score in those cases. Certainly we would hope that that would be the case. And those two drives ended with the Bills getting the ball deep in Eagles territory, and the Bills were able to convert both of those drives into points. 
So those turnovers killed momentum that the Eagles had going for them. The fumble in particular was horrifying. The Eagles were in the middle of a two-minute drill at the end of the first half. The Eagles had the ball with a minute 24 left to go. They had two timeouts, and while they had an opportunity to drive down the field, they instead gave the Bills the chance to put another touchdown between them and the Eagles. Now, fortunately, the Eagles' defense kept them in the game for the most part. The Eagles once again forced a quarterback who hadn't really been dealing with a lot of sacks to have to deal with a lot, a lot of pressure from the defensive line. And that all culminated towards the end of the second quarter in a avoiding of a sack by Hassan Reddick with Josh Allen getting himself into an intentional grounding scenario. Now, there was a lot of questions surrounding the officiating of that particular play. Hassan Reddick did grab the collar of Josh Allen and pulled down, and a lot of Bills fans and the Bills players were questioning why a horse collar was not called on that particular play. The pool reporter for the game spoke with referee Sean Hockley following the game, and he clarified that the pull came from the front. And if you actually go back into the official rule book, it actually does indicate that a pull down from the front of the collar is not a horse collar. The grab and the pull must come from the back or the side of the jersey. But if it's coming from the front, it's not a horse collar and it is a legal play. So going back to the pool report, again, Sean Hockley did clarify that the play was legal because Hassan Reddick pulled down from the collar. Now, additionally, just before the Eagles drive that ended in the fumble, Jadalyn Carter came up clutch again. He tends to come up clutch quite a bit, and he's earning his top 10 draft pick status. This week, it was on a Tyler Bass field goal that would have put the Bills up by six, but instead, Jalen Carter was able to get his hand on the football and it shanked wide left. So that kept the game as close as it could have been in the first half. Now in the second half, the Eagles offense did start with a three and out and it was again a lackluster performance. But they would wake up after that initial drive and they would start driving down the field. The Eagles offense was able to keep the game within a score for most of the second half after a nice touchdown pass to A.J. Brown, who now has seven games with a touchdown reception this season, as well as a beautiful touchdown pass to Alameda Zacchaeus that looked like it was breaking down at the line, but Jalen Hurts was able to drop a dime to Zacchaeus in the end zone where he was in double coverage, and he was able to come down with the football. Jalen Hurts talked about that play after the game. Just making it happen. Um... I think it's um I mean it's just I mean I, I I say the same things all the time, whether we lose or we win, um, however it comes out, whatever it is, um, I, I preach the same things and how there's just a true eagerness to just get better. And you know, in that in that moment it's just in the mentality of trying to make it happen, not trying, making it happen. That's the mentality. Um and he he made a great catch. You know, I don't can't tell you what I saw. Break, break the play down or anything like that, but I have to watch the film. But, you know, we, we were in the mode of making it happen. And there are opportunities for us to do that all throughout the game, and we did not. Um, but we did it when it mattered the most. 
And then the Eagles defense came in clutch at the end of the game to shut down the Bills, and things were looking up for this Eagles team. James Bradbury came in with a huge interception of his own that gave the Eagles the ball deep in Bills' territory. And when the Bills got the ball back next, Brandon Graham was able to deliver a sack to Josh Allen, who is one of the least sacked quarterbacks going into this game. He had just 14 sacks to his name. Now, we were all hoping that the Eagles were going to capitalize on getting the ball back that late in the game after a big third down stop from a sack on a quarterback that really hasn't been sacked a whole lot, but the Eagles were not able to. They went and had to punt the ball away to the Bills, and the Bills were able to run a 5 minute and 14 second clock draining drive that would give them the lead back 31 to 28 with less than two minutes to go in the game. During that drive, the Bills were able to pick apart the Eagles' run defense. The Bills ran for 45 yards in that drive alone, and most of those runs were for more than 10 yards before Allen was able to start connecting with his receivers, including a touchdown pass to Gabe Davis. Allen was 29 for 51 in the passing game by the end of the game for 339 yards and two touchdowns, one interception, one sack. Gabe Davis and Stefan Diggs were Allen's favorite targets over the course of the game. Both of them had six catches, Davis for 105 yards and Diggs for 74 yards, and both had a touchdown apiece. So when the Eagles next got the ball back, they had to move the ball down the field very quickly in order to try for an opportunity to win or at the very least send the game to overtime. And they were able to in a minute 32 seconds, which set up a game-tying Jake Elliott 59-yard field goal attempt. And as he said, it was the toughest kick he had to face in his career, but he was able to line drive it down and was able to get it through the uprights for the tying field goal. And that's what wound up sending the game into overtime. Now, the Bills were able to continue driving in that game. They ran the ball for 21 yards and threw the ball for 17 more, and they were helped out by a really, really stupid Nicholas Morrow roughing the passer mistake that he committed. But the drive would stall out just before the red zone after the Eagles' defense delivered a huge, huge stand, and Josh Allen made a few inaccurate throws. And that led to the field goal that would give the Bills the lead. But because it was a field goal, it wasn't a walk-off field goal. The Eagles still had to have their opportunity to possess the football. If they were able to march down the field and score a touchdown, it was game over, Eagles won. If the Eagles kicked a field goal to match it, then it became sudden death and the next score would win. So what did the Eagles do? Well, the Eagles ran a drive that moved them down the field. Moved them down the field relatively quickly. It mixed in Devontae Smith, A.J. Brown, and DeAndre Swift to get most of the yardage. Huge run by DeAndre Swift towards the end that allowed the Eagles to get down to the Bills' 12-yard line. And we were looking and we were hoping. And at the end of the day, it all came down to QB1, where Jalen Hurts was able to keep it himself and pound the ball in for the go-ahead game-winning walk-off touchdown. Now, we talked about Jalen Hurts' scary stats from the first half, but he definitely cleaned things up late in the game. 
He did finish 18 for 31 in the passing game for 200 yards. He was sacked twice, and he had three passing touchdowns. Jalen Hurts has now won eight straight games when he's been trailing by 10 or more points, and he's also won 14 straight regular season games versus teams with a winning record. That particular secondary stat there is the first time that's happened since 1950. But Jalen Hurts was the first person to say after the game that he wasn't playing up to standard, and despite that, the Eagles team found a way to win. That's 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 not for me to you know to discern or um, roll with. I mean, I, I just truly go out there and try and play to the standard and and be the best that I can be for my team. And um, there are times today that I feel like I didn't do that, but um, when it mattered most, I feel like uh, we did a good job of, of doing what we need to do. We played team football. We communicated well, and um, that's all in 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 the outcome of what happened. You know, we really, we really, uh, we're on the same page when it matters the most, and that's all you can ask for. Um, anything else that I'm named or people on the road with, I guess that's for them to do so. Now, again, there are definitely some things that need to get better. This was another game where AJ Brown was effectively removed from the game. He had six catches for 37 yards and a touchdown, and while they were certainly big catches, it was Devontae Smith's night again to shine. He had to fill in the gap, and Smith went seven catches for 106 yards and a touchdown of his own. I'm also concerned that some of the play calling is getting a little bit predictable, and the Eagles are moving away from the run a little bit too quickly. Both of those things are not helpful, and especially in a game like this, the Bills' defense is a defense that's able to be run on. They entered this game about middle of the pack in terms of rushing yards allowed per game. The Eagles' offense needs to be less quick on the trigger to get away from the run game. That was something that Andy Reid was much maligned for. That was something that Chip Kelly was much maligned for. That's something that even Nick Sirianni was much maligned for during his first season when, again, Eagles fans started chanting to run the football and were basically trying to bully the team into running the football more. Again, the Eagles did get back to the run in the second half. DeAndre Swift did finish with 14 carries for 80 yards, and the Eagles had 185 rushing yards on the day mostly coming from Swift and Hertz. Now, I'm also concerned about the Eagles' run defense. The Eagles' run defense is getting picked apart over the course of these couple of games here. The Eagles went into this week first in the league in rushing yards per game at 76.5 on average allowed. Now, I'd love to see the Eagles spend some time this week working on shoring up that run defense so that they are able to shut down the run game. And that's going to be beneficial for a couple reasons. A, the defense is not going to be as tired towards the end of games because B, you only have to defend against the pass, which is certainly a lot easier to defend against. But for now, the Eagles do sit atop the NFC with a 10-1 record. It is the best record in the NFL. And Eagles fans can be genuinely happy that we have a 10-1 record. There are a lot of teams out there that would love to have the record that the Eagles have through 11 games, even with all the flaws that have been present over the course of those 11 games. But we know that the corrections have to be there. 
but it's always good to make corrections following a win as opposed to a loss, as Nick Sirianni pointed out. You know, they, that's why they, they make it play 60 minutes, right? And so they, uh, that's why you can't look at the numbers or anything like that. You just got to keep putting your head down and fighting, and, and our guys did that. And that really just shows the mental toughness of our guys. Um, I'm happy. Right, I'm happy, and I'm glad that we can learn from this. I think that's my emotion that I that I have. I'm I'm extremely happy um, that we found a way to win this football game. I'm extremely happy that the corrections will be made after a win, uh, than after a loss. Right, and uh, you know, because there's going to be corrections that have to be made, and that's what we do uh, here. We we make our corrections. We hold each other accountable, starting with myself. Um, and then with our leaders, and, and, and it just, that's contagious. Uh, the accountability is contagious, and that's how you get better. And so we got to get better uh, from, from this. But, um, yeah, happy is the emotion that I have right now. Now, these kinds of games are uncomfortable. There's been a meme circulating around about how Eagles games are very simply roller coasters. The Eagles do have just one game this season that they won by more than two scores, and it was the game in week three against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Being an Eagles fan, watching this team, it's a roller coaster, and it is supremely, supremely crazy, and I'm sure a lot of cardiologists across the Philadelphia area and beyond are really not all that thrilled about how the Eagles are performing, both because they're Eagles fans and also because their clients are being put into really dangerous situations. So the Eagles have some work to do, and they will need to do it to face off against another highly anticipated team coming up on Sunday afternoon. It is the San Francisco 49ers. It's another rematch of a postseason game last season. This time it's of the NFC Championship game. And we'll see Jalen Hurts face off against Brock Purdy. And it'll be a fun game between the two frontrunners for the top seed in the NFC playoff picture, which the Eagles right now currently hold. But for now, the Eagles are able to rest easy. Eagles fans can breathe, can exhale, because this team is 10-1. and one. And that's a good feeling. So as always, let me know what you think in the comments below. What has you excited about this win? What do you think is the team's biggest priority heading into next week? Let me know. And thank you so much to everybody for tuning in to the Bird's Nest Podcast. You can support the Bird's Nest Podcast by liking and subscribing to Bird's Nest Media right here on YouTube and by sharing to your social media pages. You can also find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play Music, Amazon Podcasts, and Spotify. Please visit birdsnestmedia.com for additional Eagles coverage. And if you feel so inclined to support us in a different way, you can find the link to our Patreon in the description below or at birdsnestmedia.com. Thank you so much for tuning in, and let's go Eagles!